What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Welcome back to A is for Alcoholic. Uh, We are the podcast that poses the question, can I drink again? Well, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> All signs say no. <laughs> yes. Do yeah, we pose that question? No. <laughs> we I was. I, I need to come up with some better uh, openers. Actually, you probably could, but it wouldn't end well. Right. That's the thing. You have right. autonomy. Mm-hmm. It just would end. In my case, how about not you, fair, dear, dear listener? <laughs> I don't know your situation. But but we can make. I think we can make fair assumptions about the people who, well, like I can make fair assumptions about the people who have been listening with us, along with us, the people that have reached out to me that that alcohol has been some kind of problem. Mm-hmm. It has posed some problem in your life enough that you are interested in analyzing your relationship with. Absolutely, it. we're not here talking about the <laughs> Snyder Cut of fucking Justice no. League. <laughs> What I don't even know. I never even saw the original. I don't. I even... saw the original. It was boring, and then I was like, "Do I want four more hours of DC comic?" No, I, I've been so I really... out of that loop. I read comics as a kid, but I don't. Um, I mean, not even as a kid. Like in high school, I read it, but I just don't really. I enjoy the movies, but I don't fuck with them. Like I'm not. Same with Star Wars. I don't really. Fu- mm. This is funny, right? Because we're both Gen X dudes, and we like should we don't be. really fuck with that shit too not much. Not really. I mean. I think back in 2014, I tried to watch um, The Empire Strikes Back because I remember it being the good one, the best yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, this is kind of weak. It's kind of right. silly. And I wasn't as excited. Didn't age well. And that was, that was, yeah, basically it didn't age well. I mean, they're still enjoyable, but it's not like mm-hmm. this Mecca that I'm going to pray to, you know. Now, if no. you make a fucking documentary about like the Pixies or Pixies, or if you make a documentary about pavement, like that, I'd I'd watch like, that. Hmm. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just yeah. haven't been really following along. You talk about reading comics. And so there's a there's a picture people get in their heads when they talk about I grew up reading comics because I say that, too. But uh-huh. I used to read the little books that were like High and Lois and Hagar the Horrible and Wizard of Id. You know what yeah, I'm talking about? I know about? exactly what you're talking about. You fucking with Riverdale and shit. There was some Archie in there. Yeah, it was like. They were like the worst comics. And so I think 
I don't know why those were there. Those were, I didn't like seek them out, but yeah. You're, they're your dad's? They were my dad. So I guess that's what I got turned on to. So yes, yeah, so it would be like, ooh, let me get another Beetle Bailey from the used bookstore. <laughs> no, I can relate because my grandfather, my Tata Chepe <clears throat> had these Mexican comics because they're mm -hmm. really prevalent in Mexico. And they're these little comic books about this big and they're all cowboy stories and like rebel stories and criminal stories. And there's always a lady getting her shirt ripped off with a titty out. There's always like a Pancho Villa writing in kicking ass and ripping a titty out and that's the shit my grandfather read when i was little so i would read them too and they're all in spanish but uh hmm. yeah then it translated as i got older i got more into the alternative scene and skateboarding and stuff and i don't know someone gave me like a sandman comic and i was like here we go right i love this shit yeah i just making... never got into the superhero stuff nah i i did it did it right like i appreciate it i know the stories at least all mm -hmm. everything through the 90s like I, I i'm fluent how's that I'm not a native speaker, but I'm fluent. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And I talk to other people and it's like, okay, I mean, I'm I'm aware, like I know who um Wolverine is. Yeah, he's the dude, you know just Hugh Jackman. Yeah. You know, I get I get it, but I'm just not as fascinated or invested in the right <clears throat> sagas of um, which is Hawkeye. It's and funny because the other podcast I the only other one I ever do ever is a movie podcast about comic book movies which one's that you know What's what i mean that uh, harmless phosphorescence y'all should check yes. it out it's pretty good but it's friends of mine so i'm just shooting the shit with people i know about comic book movies and blade to the one... my comic book movies are like blade yes i listened to the one you guys did with blade it was pretty good it was fun it was fun yeah <clears throat> I do all the snipes i'm like their snipe expert even though i know nothing about wesley snipes except he's he'll He'll steal a movie, you know. He will. Yeah. I mean, Lawrence Fish, New Jack City, Tu Wong Fu, Tu Wong mean... Fu, dude, Tu Wong Fu, dude. <laughs> um, he did uh, yeah. the Dolomite movie with Eddie Murphy, right? Wasn't that Wesley he Snipes? He did, and, and he was know, badass in it. And he also apparently steals Coming to America too. I didn't like see either Coming of those. Coming to America Part Two. I haven't seen yeah. Part Two. You haven't seen the original Coming to America? I've seen the original Coming oh, to America. I was about I to be disappointed. I'd be like, we're pausing this podcast times. so you can. <laughs> well, that movie's so damn funny. Yes, and so I remember our buddy Danny was very excited about it, and he saw it, and he's like, "It's just not the same." And I was like, "Yeah, it's not the same. It's not." Yeah, because they made the, the original thirty years ago. How are you gonna make a sequel thirty years later? It's just. <laughs> he said Arsenio was the best part. He yeah, said our studio hall was classic. Um, Why'd you tell me how good this cheese was? <laughs> Even if our studio's best lies were a Chappelle skit, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, I just wanted to say really quickly uh, for those of you out there who have supported us since the beginning on Patreon, we appreciate it. Patreon.com/slash AIFA. Thank you all. Um, if you are not there, if you'd like to be there, we'd be happy to have you. If not, that's cool too. The stuff's always going to be free. Um, mm -hmm. if you could even just pause the podcast for a second and give us a rating on Apple podcasts that helps push us through the algorithmic sludge of the three quarters of a million podcasts that are out there. Yeah. So, Especially um, recovery podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Thank you for that. Thank you guys who listen. And um, yeah, so that's all I yeah, got to say about cool. that. Yeah, check out our Patreons where we do our AIFA After Dark. After Dark. Things um, get a little sultry. I would say that anybody out there listening who has any good, um, we'd love to do another, uh, we're going to do another recovery movie review here at some point. And um, I think we were thinking about flight and some other things, but if you got any suggestions, please uh, push them our way, send them our way. 
push push notifications push, push I don't notifications know. um so you had can you tell me you you were dealing with a lizard today this afternoon yeah, this big, morning big gila monster in our yard man <laughs> which uh we had to relocate it's funny too because he's walking the perimeter of the fence and my mm-hmm. mom's like look at that gila monster and and it, it wasn't very bright i don't i think it was male and uh it was big man it was as big as a house cat and uh we didn't want it biting the dogs because the dogs will fuck with it and it'll clamp down mm-hmm. on a dog and poison them and uh, my dad didn't want to get into the big uh, piles of shrub we have in the backyard because he doesn't want to kill it. So they have this snake stick. It's a really long pole with a grabber mm-hmm. arm on the end of it. And they use it to pick up snakes to get snakes, like rattlesnakes and stuff out of the yard. And <laughs> my dad comes out and he's on his way. To, he does a recovery ministry at the Episcopalian church up here. So they mm-hmm. do this all day recovery thing. And uh, he's like, ah, he's all dressed up. And he's like, I go to church. It's the first time I've been to church in a year. So I, I don't have time to get that Gila monster. Can you pick them up with a snake stick, put them in a bucket, go throw them in the lot across the street? And I was like, no, I can't. I, I've never even, it's the first time I've seen a fucking Gila monster. Like, I'm not really, I'm not an animal control officer. And my brother-in-law is like, I got it. Cause he does it all the time. Cause they'll pinch up a rattlesnake and shoot it with a, in the head with a BB gun. Cause you know, rattlesnakes will kill you. So they have to get rid of them. It's just law yeah. of the desert, man. I'm sorry. I guess People out there yeah. who are animal lovers. <laughs> rattlesnakes aren't fucking animals. So anyway, no, that's a hard, that's a hot take. That's a hot desert take. It's a hot desert take. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. I haven't killed any animals, but that's just what they do. You know? Well, so, if uh, it, yeah. If it was between you and the snake and the dogs and the yeah. kids and the chickens right. and all the other crap they have out here. So anyhow. Yeah. So he went and just pinched it up with the snake pole stuck it in a tupperware and we walked it down the street and he was just talking to it the whole time he's like you're a good boy i think you're a boy i don't know what you are but we're gonna put you out here but i know immediately we dropped him right down the you know across the street in the desert open desert and i know he's right back to where he was before because that's where all the good lizards are that he's gonna eat just uh, goes that's back to his food- hunting grounds yeah it just yeah. goes right back down there again so when i was um working at the wildlife rescue they would talk about trying to put animals back after they'd rehabilitated them and put them back in the same spot in the same area or yeah. try to put them somewhere different. But like a lot of times they just, they end up right back where they, they know where the food is or they know where the yeah. good shelter is or the water or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to use your, uh, <laughs> your experience with the lizard as mm-hmm. the parable for today's topic a little bit as a okay. jumping off point. So I wanted to talk about reluctance and yeah. how we feel reluctant toward things. Um, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about sobriety, probably a lot, recovery, yeah. um, and that we can be very reluctant to change of any kind. I mean, I right. have, I think that's that's a basic human nature, right? We get comfortable with something. We want to stay comfortable. Um, it's what keeps us well, it's what's kept me stuck sometimes because your body is always in your mind. It's like, let's stay, let's keep things as comfortable as possible. Evolutionarily, yeah. we're talking about dealing with the fucking wild and, you know, let's try not to put ourselves in too much danger, even though, you know, we live in a, in a relatively stable world compared to 10,000 years ago. Just the idea of you having to go and pick up a lizard out of the desert and just being told this is what you need to do now. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's your immediate response is, I don't know. I've never done that before. Right. I have this sort of 
the reluctance to something new or something potentially dangerous. And so I feel like, especially when we're drinking, we know what's what we perceive as comfortable, or at least we like the pain that I know is, is more manageable than the pain that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so you have this, this potential, um, uh, danger in front of you right picking up a fucking giant lizard or you know the size of a house cat i would probably say the same thing i wouldn't jump at the chance to i don't even know what a snake stick thing is like it's, does a, it have a, loop it's a stick it? for snakes no it's got a pincher it like pinches okay it's but, like uh um, you pull a trigger on one side in this little pincher mm -hmm. on the other side it claps um makes that snake ass clap <laughs> I don't but know I think what that means. I, the snake ass, snakes to have an ass. No, have they ass. have a cloaca. Oh well, thank you, Bill Nye. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, and I, I think that both you and I, it was there was no, there was no false start in our recovery. There was mm -hmm. no. Um, I guess I'll give it a try, but I don't really want to. It was like that. The very end. I don't know what else to do. I've done all the drinking I can do. Mm -hmm. But um, what do you think about the idea of the moment of that immediate fear of not drinking? Or do you remember, was it like, oh my, that, that, oh my God, I'm never going to drink again. Was it? No, like I don't know. I think you're, I think we've done this podcast for so long that you're fucking stretching. You're like, your fear of the healer monster. It's the same as your fear of, but I understand because they're both rooted in the same place. I understand where I understand, but like we're you're right, like dying you're right. on the fucking vine here, being like well, I didn't really think about it's it. Too long. This morning, right? <laughs> I'm like, let All me right. tell you about Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> okay, forget about the lizard. No, okay. So Just here's forget the thing about is, the lizard. <laughs> I don't know if there was any conscious thought within anything. It's really hard for me to recall those days. Not that they were like a long time ago, but I know that what was running through my head was that not, it wasn't an option to not drink. Mm -hmm. It just it was something that was unsurmountable because it was part of me and part of what I did. You know, it's mm -hmm. not like this thing I just suffered through all the time. And it wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't like, I wasn't a fucking Shakespeare character trying to figure out whether or not I was going to drink the fucking poison, dude. I was right. either going to not or do, and that was it. That was the only two choices I had. You're like, I wasn't some sort of Shakespeare character in the middle of a soliloquy. Should I quit pontificate. or should I not quit? <clears throat> and here I am trying to cram some fucking Gila monster narrative into what really wasn't that much thought, right? Um, I think the reluctance for me was, was years before. Right. It was not within that week or two where I finally eventually quit. Right. Well, yeah. And for me too, it wasn't this eve of darkest discontent where I <laughs> right. had to, you know what I was thinking when we had texted about reluctance was I, I attended my first in-person AA meeting this week. Um, the first one in like over a year since before mm -hmm. pandemic, because I kind of stopped going. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was sitting there in this meeting, fully vaccinated, took my mask off to share and then put it back on, whatever. You know, they had the Zoom set up too. They had a monitor with people who normally attended this meeting. It was at an Allen, Allen O club and shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was thinking about when you had texted me about reluctance, I was thinking about even the reluctance to seek help. 
right? Because mm-hmm. you have now made the decision to quit. And on that part, you can either um, try it on your own, which may work, may it has worked for other people. You know, it, it may be mm-hmm. effective or you seek help. And for me personally, from my story, seeking help was attending Alcoholics Anonymous. And so I thought about how people, when they want to, are very reluctant to attend that first meeting because they understand in a way, at least for me, how about me? I understood that when I attended that first meeting, it would be like flipping a switch. That my thought process from then on, once I had recognized and admitted that I had a problem, had changed. It wasn't about I'm a hard drinker who likes to party a lot, who's having a hard time, who's just depressed and the alcohol just makes me feel a little more depressed. It was like, no, I flat out can't do this shit. Like I have a fucking problem. And and uh, I, I, you know, we can sit here and 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 fucking be on top of it and be like very open and forgiving to all of our addictions and shit. But it's still stigmatized to have a problem within the normie community. If you are an addict or an alcoholic, you have a fucking problem. It's a problem. Do you know what I mean? And it's stigmatized. So am I willing to put that stigma on myself? And am I willing to, it's so much, right? Are you willing to abandon the thing that had worked for you for years and now no longer works? And on top of it, walk around with a label or just be like, yo, I can't do that anymore. So that's what I was thinking about reluctance, right? Think about Mm -hmm. your first meeting, how reluctant you were to be open to those ideas. You know, I had absolutely no interest. It was the opposite of interest. Mm -hmm. It was disinterest. It was, it was deep resentment. It was um, wanting to put up, keep continuing to put up that wall against those things. And you talk about the stigma back in 2014, it was even more, there was a lot less going on in the, in this, in the realm of online sobriety, help recovery, help. Mm -hmm. Right. We see it a lot all the time. Our resources. How many times do you take that AA test? Do you ever take the test? Mm -hmm. Go online on the website Uh and take the test. Do I drink in private? I thought that was the only way you're supposed to drink. Do I drink every day? Yeah, who doesn't? Do you know what I mean? Like every answer, I was like, duh, have you lost a job? Because that was the only one. Because I work in the fucking tattoo industry, which is, they're all degenerates and drunks anyway. <laughs> well, so I'm just yes. like, well, I'm just not all of them. This is all in satire. You should have, you should have lost for the your job multiple times. I absolutely <laughs> should have not been working. Right. Um, so the reluctance is there to admit that you need help with a problem. Uh-huh. Or to even admit, especially us being men and our idea of toxic, our toxic masculinity for us to ask for help. Like, I don't ask for help. I don't want to be a burden to anybody or show any mm-hmm. sign of not knowing what I do. I don't. And I, but I have to, right? You, I have to acquiesce and ask for help because I can't do it on my own. I'm not going to rewire my house on my own. That's wild shit. My house will burn down. <laughs> you wouldn't where you wouldn't know where to begin exactly uh, so how am i gonna know where to begin not just not drinking because that's that's the the simple action is just not drinking mm-hmm. just don't drink but the yeah. hard action is how do you live life not fucking drinking how and do in you very live that life yeah and in very serious uh cases you can't just stop drinking right or else you will no. die you will absolutely die <laughs> yes Right. I mean, in very yeah. serious cases, you you mm-hmm. can die with them from the withdrawals. Yes. Um, it's funny. You said, do you drink alone? And my first thought was, well, yeah, that's the that's the right and good thing to do to leave everyone else, al- uh, you know, not to bother uh, anybody, not to be right. burden. like I to thought I was out of the show thing to leave mm-hmm. them out. Um, yeah. I thought I was saving everybody from my mm-hmm. abhorrent behavior. 
but yeah, I mean, those first for, I was reluctant for six months. I mean, you were the yeah. only one that I talked to and I would go to that meeting and I would sit there and I'd be like, uh, and every, and it would start to kind of crack open. Like I was like, okay, so there's other things going on here, but I didn't want to like really dive right in. I hear that a lot from people. And I'm part of me is kind of envious when I would see people who were like, we dove right in, they would tell their story and be like me and my sponsor, I got a sponsor, I did 90 meetings in 90 days, and all this stuff. And I was like, I ain't got that time, that kind of time. Well, goddamn class president. That's what I always thought. (laughs) Well, I guess you win AA, Uh you know, and it's so resentful of me, but I do, I would always think that well look who's the fucking most likely to succeed over here mm-hmm. because i didn't get a sponsor immediately i didn't jump in and do all fucking 12 steps in a month like all these newcomers like i'll see some newcomer dude who'll be like yo man i'm banging out i'm already on step 10 how long have you been sober two weeks i'm like what the fuck y'all doing like <laughs> yeah. the unabridged version like maybe i've been on the fourth step for two years now you know like mm-hmm. and i'm also doing it well, not wrong. I mean, there's no wrong way to do it as long as you're doing it and it's work. If it's working, you're doing it the right way, right? That's a good point. Yes. If it's working. Right. And- uh, to use a crude analogy, it's like masturbation. If okay. it works, then you're doing it the right way. You don't want anybody busting in the room and being like, you're doing that wrong. Or you don't want anybody opening up your car door and being like, sir, you can't do that here. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, if, well, so you make a good point that if you're, if it's working, you're not doing it wrong. And right. at some point you, I imagine, at least for me at certain mm-hmm. points, I'll, I'll, I'll preface it this way. So I'm not making any accusations or presumptions, but I would go, okay, I want more from this and that's right. going to require more. Mm-hmm. So it would be this sort of level of comfortability. Things are running smoothly. I'm feeling pretty good about stuff. Yeah. And then it would take a dip because it would kind of be like, okay, well, that means you need to put in more work. You need to, I don't know, go talk to somebody else. You need to reach out mm-hmm. to somebody else. Right. So right. Um, what I, I can't say that you're doing it wrong because you haven't You you say, I've been on the four step for two years. Right. It's like, well, I guess that's, it's going to take what it's going to take. And I'm a slow worker and very lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. I didn't want to. And then when I finally did the that fifth step, my sponsor was like, now we got to do the sex inventory. And then we just stopped there. I just never did the sex inventory. Mm-hmm. Not because I was reluctant. I was like, you want to hear about all the gross shit I've done? Pull up a chair. You know, you've probably done some wild shit too. It's just, we just never pursued it. And so it just stopped there. So Next I always kind of stopped it. Yeah. After dark. After dark, the Patreon episode where I'm just it's like, hey, then, then I peed the bed and fell asleep. Yeah. That's usually mostly what it yeah. is. I mean, and I threw up in her shoe. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I stole her purse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So, but yeah, uh, man. Yeah, dude. I, I think that. I think we just eventually, well, again, I'll say for me, I would just get tired of my own reluctance. I would get frustrated with myself and I'd be mm-hmm. like, well, there's, there's one of two options here. You can sit here and not do anything. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Right. Exactly. Or you can try something else. Now I can certainly avoid the actual work of going through the steps for as long as I want and try a million other things. Ultimately what has led to, further relief and comfort has been doing the steps in some capacity on some level. And it's just, you're just working on yourself. Here's the thing. 
Yeah, and it's really, I, I, no, I'm not laying it on you. I'm just laying it out in general in the world because I get on the internet. I like the internet, right? And I go on Reddit and I go on the AA subreddit and I go on the stop drinking subreddit, kind of get tired. I like the stop drinking subreddit. It's great for early recovery, but sometimes it's a little um, demoralizing for me to read because it's constantly like, like every other post is like, I relapsed, I relapsed, I relapsed, I relapsed, I relapsed. Yeah. I fucking drank today. I had two weeks, you know, and, and I, my heart goes out to those people. It really does. But I can only read so many fucking relapse stories before I'm like, this whole fucking subreddit needs to figure their shit out. But um, as far as the AA thing, a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll use co- that, that kind of cognitive bias. It's not the word I'm looking for, but they'll use that bias. They'll go to one meeting and they'll be like, they talked about God too much. So all the meetings are like that. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or like th- I went to the one meeting with the pious fucking assholes who talk shit to me because I'm two days sober and I'm saying some wild shit and someone called me on it. All of AA must be like this. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And if that's, what's keeping you from getting feeling better, well then keep drinking. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's like me drinking one beer and being like, all beer is gross, which is true. All beer is gross. But do you know what I'm saying, though? Like, as far as like during my drinking years, it didn't mm-hmm. keep me from drinking the beer if it was there. I wasn't like a discerning alcoholic who was like, hmm, I only drink bourbon. I'm like, I prefer bourbon. If you have the bourbon, I would drink all of your bourbon. But if you all you have is beer, I'll drink 12 of them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you were not picky when you were drinking. No. Like, so, and I'm not also, it's hard. It's the reason why I sigh and rub my head before I even say it is because I don't believe AA is the only way, way to get sober. There are other ways. But if you are discounting a meeting because they said the fucking Lord's Prayer at the end and you're an atheist, well, then you're just getting in the way of your own fucking recovery, I think, in my opinion, because I don't believe in the Lord's Prayer. And I went to that meeting the other day and said it because I don't give a fuck. I, if I will walk five miles in 110 degree heat to buy a fifth of whiskey, I'll sit at a meeting and say the Lord's prayer to stay mm-hmm. sober. That's just how I, that's just how I look at it. Honestly, <laughs> I think it's just an excuse, you know, like, yes, yeah, yes. it frustrates me because I'm like, all you got to do is get what pick and choose, pick the things that'll work for you. And if the God shit doesn't work for you and some 60 year old dude named Bill, who's a half a right winger saying some dumb shit. Don't listen to fucking Bill. He's an alcoholic. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He just showed up here just like you did. You're listening to the wrong Bill. Yeah. (laughs) Even the other Bill, even Bill W, man. I mean, listen to some of what Bill W says, but not all of it. Bill W is a shady dude too, dude. Mm-hmm. problematic to say the Come least on, problematic right? dude it's like um, yeah with all the lady members of AA, like well lois let me help you out you know like come on now Bill. so the thing with the meetings is Herb. like even the meeting that i would go to and my 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 home group there would be meetings i'd go and i was like god that was terrible i didn't get right. anything from that just don't go back to that meeting but i was so but that was my so but then i would go back the next week and it would be something completely different and so yes mm-hmm. so there's it's kind of like even your favorite bar has shitty nights, right? right. You know, you go to the di- different meetings, different bars. Like, you know, maybe you're not into a sports bar. Maybe you're not into a dive bar. Maybe you don't need a fancy cock. Maybe you're looking for a little uh, neighborhood joint, right? So they're yeah. just meetings are kind of like that. And you yeah. find a different group and find different people and they do everything different. And again, maybe it's, you're not interested at all, but go find something else. Right. I just know that there's there's a group of people and it's free and they all are just trying to stay sober and help each other. Right. Dude, so. I got these Danners, right? The $250 fucking hiking boots, they're work mm-hmm. boots. 
I love them. I love them. I hiked. I hiked like eight miles in them. Um, I will go run a 5K in those Danners. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll go put on my fucking Nikes or whatever shoes I got. I'll put on my running shoes. And that's mm-hmm. how all the different meetings work, too. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, not every meeting is a pair of work boots. Like, sometimes you need to go to the work boot meeting. Sometimes you need to go to the Merrill meeting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to go to the fucking laid back flip flop meeting where the dude does have a fucking uh, dopeless hope dealer shirt on <laughs> who's running the meeting. Sometimes you got to go to that sublime meeting and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, Mm-hmm. They're all different. And, but I also, once again, I want to be really fucking transparent and be like, really, um, uh, I just want to be open to say that it's not, this isn't the only way. This is just the way that works for me. And when I hear people say, use one dumb little excuse like that, like, well, I'm an atheist. Motherfucker, I'm an atheist too. And I'm at the damn meetings. Like, I just don't want to drink anymore, dude. And if that's what's going to help me, then I'm going to do that. And it's choice is yours. Don't be reluctant. Excuses, Jerry. Excuses. <laughs> They're fucking excuses. Right. Which is ex- what well, we're full of them too. You and I are both hella 100%. full of them as well. I just want to say, I want to be transparent. I'm not coming from a place on high. It sounds like I am, but I'm not. Um, Cause I'm there with you. You're passionate because you want people to get the help that they need. I understand. Yo, I feel exactly. you. <laughs> You'll feel better. Like I feel better. I'm still super depressed. I'm still in a hole emotionally, but I know it and I recognize it and I work my way through it and I ride through it way down right. in that hole, dude, way <clears> down <throat> that hole. And I ride through it because it's going to, it'll pass. It'll pass. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, and that resistance and the excuses. And so, and if I may do another little plug for a podcast I was on. Yes, please. Friday. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this guy invited me, it's called Rico 12, R-E-C-O 12. Mm-hmm. And originally he wanted me to ha- come up with some sort of topic. And I just had to punch right. something in. And I just said, I'm just talk about all of it. I don't really mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, he's like, well, that's kind of vague. If you have something in specific, you'd like to talk about. And I don't, again, I don't want to come off as some sort of expert, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's, that seems disingenuous. I don't really know what I'm doing. You yeah, know, neither of us do. It's, <laughs> you, somebody, somebody was, gave me, they said something. I think it was my mother who's had some, uh, word of praise or something like that. And I said, mom, honestly, like I'm, I'm kind of just making it up as I go along and doing the best I can. So I was kind of joking about, you know, cut the shit and do the work. And I made those shirts for for my running. And the, the whole point of that was that what are the real excuses? What are the real reasons to stop? Are you actually, you know, going to hurt yourself? Then maybe you should stop. But if there's some pain that's inconsequential, then keep going and don't listen to those voices. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that works too. And so that was my topic was I said, how about cut the shit and do the work? And he's like, well, and it's a, it's more of a, um, explicit free or they did more of a family oriented right. show so i said mm-hmm. cut the junk and he he liked that but that was the thing about the excuses is i uh, i know as an alcoholic i'm always looking for excuses to drink right yeah it's mm-hmm. tuesday it's the weekend it's you know somebody's birthday it's uh, i had a hard day i had a great day it's beautiful out it's miserable out right? I'm sad. I'm happy. I'm, I want to just feel anything other than myself. So I know that for me, while I was drinking, that was constant. That was my life was like, what's the excuse to drink? And so I think that that is just um, an extension of that. Well, that sobriety didn't work. That thing didn't work. That must, they just throw that whole, you know, baby with the bathwater. All of it. Kind of thing. Yeah. And if I had not done that now, granted, 
you went in there first and I had another friend who was in, was in AA. Mm -hmm. And so there was, because I knew of your skeptical nature Mm -hmm. as my friend, I was like, okay, well, if this is working for him, maybe there's something past the God stuff. Yeah, Maybe there's Mm -hmm. something past all of the rigid structure, which come to find out. There's no... (laughs) rigid structure it's so know, funny dude in my that's in what a, i thought a, right yeah <laughs> but it's the structure that i have uh, developed for myself that's worked correct. so yeah, yeah so that's uh-huh. i'm thinking all these things but i'm like well if, if jerry's doing it and i know that he's not into god no. and i don't think that he could be flipped that easy no. you know like that's <laughs> that was how it was in my mind i was like okay so let's just go check this out and you know i talked to this other guy and he's not in the program but he's like I mean, I guess it's, again, it doesn't, it's just however you define it. But he, he would tell me, sometimes I go and I've, I've got a couple of friends in there. I don't go all the time. I maybe I go like three or four times a year, but it's like, really, it's nice and it's helpful. And I think they're good people. And I just, I just don't follow the whole thing. And he's been fucking sober, like 12, 13 years or something like that. And good so, and that's rad. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter, but I, I do I do get where you're coming from when you go through those subreddits and I've been through the stop drinking one and just like, or there's one group on there's on Facebook. That's like stop drinking. And it's repeatedly people going, I fucked up again. Uh, I drank again. I drank again. I drank again. Mm-hmm. And as part of the process, dude, I mean, it's only, yes. it's only discouraging for me to read. Cause I'm right. like, damn, I'm getting, I want you to succeed. You know, right. Not you not drinking. Doesn't make you part of my club. It just means that you're succeeding and you're seeing that the benefits of, you know what I mean? Like pulling mm-hmm. that veil off. That's, that's what you get out of it, but you got to do everything raw too, though. That's the bitch dude. Like that's the one bitch I didn't realize about getting sober was I have to do it all sober now, you know, like, <laughs> I got to do it all raw. Like sad things happen. I got to do that raw. I get depressed. I got to do that. Just raw dog it. I got a raw dog life, dude. I am raw dog reality, dude. And it's, it's sometimes it sucks, dude. You know, sometimes it fucking sucks. Yeah. Because yeah, dude, like I don't want to drink, but I understand the releasing that pressure valve. But for me, the fact that I relate it to a pressure valve being released shows that my relationship with getting fucked up is not a healthy relationship. You know, mm-hmm. some people like, yeah, I drink a beer and I go to bed, you know, or I drink a glass of wine and that's just to celebrate and that's it, you know? And for me, I was like, man, I need to relieve all this tension in my body. And the only way I can think of doing that, not going for a walk, not fucking doing yoga, not painting, not listening to good music. It's drinking a fifth of whiskey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I still am boggled when people will leave the restaurant and they um, leave like half a glass of wine yeah. or even like a third of a bottle. They'll have purchased a bottle for 70, 80 bucks. Right. You just chase them out in the parking lot with the bottle. You're like, <laughs> Sir, you left this on the table <laughs> with the glass with the, like the mm-hmm. three sips you mm-hmm. left this on the table yeah and it's tough sometimes well it's not tough for me but people's feelings are hurt like especially if they're winemakers and they'll bring their own wine and they're like and pour, please feel free to pour yourself a glass and i'm like i'm i'm not drinking tonight mm-hmm. you know and it, depending on what time of year it is they'll be like oh doing a dry dry january and i'm like yeah something like that you know or whatever so january we're like yeah 24 hours long yeah um uh, so 
but I just wear my little necklace. Not that nobody asks anymore, but mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not Harry Potter. So let me ask you that about that because you you know <laughs> it's not a Harry Potter necklace. No. Um. So I was recently in the jewelry store. It's my mother's birthday, and it's coming mm-hmm. up soon. You gonna buy her an AA necklace? No, I'm not. I don't think she she would appreciate that. I read Harry Potter though. Yeah, she might have. Um, and so I got something, and originally, so the last medallion I got, the last coin I got, didn't have a little thing to put on my keychain, so it's kind of been tucked in this little pouch in my wallet. Mm. And the guy got me the little hoop, and he was gonna set it all up. And this is I he had the wrong phone number. He's had the thing since last September, and I just forgot about it. Yeah. So <laughs> so he says, well give me the coin and I will uh, give me about seven to 10 days and I'll have it back for you. And I handed it to him and I'm kind of looking around and I get something for my mom. And and then I said, Hey, Mike, uh, I'm not really superstitious about much, but I'm traveling. I'm taking a trip here soon. And can I just have that back? And I'll give it back to you once I'm back in town and you can have it for a week or whatever. Do you feel some sort of like, is it an amulet for you or a sigil? Cause I felt it was the first, when I had to give it up, like I forgot that it was, I just kind of forget that it's in my wallet and it just lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I had to hand it over for a week and I was going to be traveling, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep that in here. Right. You know, the chip I keep on my keychain is a um, symbol. Mm-hmm. It just reminds me that was hopefully we'll just cut that right out of the pod, but <laughs> You probably won't, but yeah. uh, the, the, what I keep in my keychain is my 24 hour chip, right? And I drill a hole in it every year, you know. But that's on my keychain. The what do I wear my necklace, honestly, is just because I like wearing jewelry, I'm just mm-hmm. that kind of dude. I'm like, I yo, I stopped wearing my rings because I just work outside all the time, I don't want to fuck my rings up. But with the with the A8 symbol on my necklace, I just thought it was a cool little pendant, and I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna wear a cross because I'm not religious." Even though I have like a little Virgin Mary pendant too, but that's more of like a like a Mexican American thing, I think. Right. But yeah, it's just. But I think um, no, it's not. I don't know what it is, dude. It just is what it is. Like the mm. one on my keychain, though, is the, to remember, just like the one you keep in your wallet. Right. You know. And, and like to be superstitious is fine because that, that symbol has as much significance as you place into it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Like, oh, my, just like my, my old man keeps road, a 24 hour know? chip in his wallet too. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, the symbol is the symbol. It's, you know, I knew dudes who'd cut notches in their fucking belts or whatever it was, you know, cut mm-hmm. notches and things or put hash marks on things. It's just is what it is, you know, but the necklace is more because it looks cool. Right. And I'm like, man, I want a little, like a little sigil, like a little symbol here. I'll just use that because the program has done a lot for me, even though I don't go very much. It's done a lot and I'm grateful to it. And I just, I don't know if people see it, they just know, Hey, I'm out here. I'm sober too. Like I'm doing mm-hmm. all right. Like, you know, people are thinking about it or other people. I, that's the best thing about being in that meeting. And I shared too. And I was just like, oh, I'm yeah. just, and I do it, it sometimes. It was interesting, dude. It was, it was, uh, eight people in this room at a Tucson Alano club that's been around since like the sixties. You can tell cause the building just has like smoke permeated into the walls and where they had the meeting was like in a separate shed. It was like a big metal, looked like an old garage. You could tell they had like concrete benches out in a barbecue. They have all kinds of parties there pre pre pandemic and shit. They had a monitor on the table with all everybody who usually attends that. Cause it was a 7am meeting. So I was supposed to go to a 645am book study. So I drive up to this church. It's only two miles down the road and uh, nobody's there. Nobody's there. 
and it's like six, it's like six forty-five, and and uh, by six thirty-five, ten minutes before it, there's no one there. So I'm like, this is a bust because somebody always shows up early, unlocks the door, and starts putting chairs out, even if it's three people. So I'm like, well, I'll go down to this one that's farther south. So I went farther south here in, you know, in Tucson, and uh, I couldn't find it. I found it and then I couldn't find where everybody was sitting. And then I saw a lady get out of her car and walk into a room. And I'm like, that's where all the drunks are. <laughs> so I went and sat down with them. And of course there's like eight people in there. And I'm the new guy. And I just walk in and they're all boomers. It's all boomers. And I walk in fucking pompadour and a bunch of tattoos. I know I stick out, you know, I'm not like, Hey, look at me, but I know I look different than the rest of them. So they're all, and I'm also new. So they're all who the fuck's a new guy, but I just shared with them and, and uh, I told them, you know, I'm from, Eugene, I moved here from Eugene, Oregon. And, you know, I just don't, don't really like it here sometimes in Tucson, but my family's happy and my wife and daughter are happy, but I just personally don't really like the desert very much. And I have to learn how to accept it and learn how to love it eventually. Just like I didn't like being sober at first, dude. Mm-hmm. I didn't fucking like it. No. I wasn't like, this is the greatest week of my life. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so it was a, it was a good meeting but my voice cracked because i felt emotional because i was so happy i have my parents but they're my parents our dynamics very different you know we're all drunks but we we have a very different dynamic just our mm-hmm. mother father son dynamic so to be in a room full of strangers who get it i felt really grateful for that because it's just, it's, it's hard. You know how it is, dude. Come yeah. on, you work in the restaurant industry with a bunch of kids who are out partying all the time. And then a bunch yeah. of people whose sole purpose is to be there for the food, the wood burned pizzas or whatever, mm-hmm. and the fucking wine for the booze. And you're like the one sober fucking cork adrift in a sea of ding dongs. You know what I mean? That's how I feel a lot, you know, not in this house, but, and I don't want, I don't mean it. Like, I just mean in the world, you know? Yeah, I really do. I really do. I feel like, I'm the only one sometimes and it gets lonely. Like I get butthurt about it. Cause I'm like, fuck, am I the only one not drinking tonight? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, doing a play on Mishka yeah. shit, but like, so to be in that room with a boomer named Bill, you know, and another boomer named John, you know, it's John and Bill, you know, there's a lot of you know, John's. And I tell him I'm from Eugene, Oregon. He says, Hey, make sure when you start to write, do it in the parking lot. Ha ha ha. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to write on your fucking face. You ding dong. But you know whatever just to be in that room with them though yeah i'm like yeah you could be a right-wing weirdo but you know like you know what i know we know Mm -hmm. we know each other bro like so it felt good it felt really good yeah i'm going back maybe not to that one because it's really early yeah i'm gonna go back to another one i'm gonna find a nice evening one that's close i'm gonna have to it's time now that i've gotten you know my double dose are you done are you i'm done when when did you get your last dose on the 13th What's today? So that's oh, last day. So you'll be, but you'll be hot and ready to go by the by the end of the month, twenty seventh. Like, huh? My mom's fully vaccinated. I told yeah. her like when I was getting mine. She's like, you know, we're I'm as close to. I'm gonna be there for her birthday, and so she's Did like, "Yeah." Just a meeting when you're ready. Wear a mask. I you can yeah. even share with the mask on. I just everybody was taking theirs off, and I'm like, "Well, I'm vaccinated. What am I gonna?" get COVID. it was really it was kind of scary for me when i did that when i did that talk and when i got invited to go to stockton and this was mm-hmm. like last spring in the middle of it and i was everything like, was hot man. and there were no vaccinations yeah. there were none and mm-hmm. you know i went in there and some people had masks on a lot of people didn't and i was just like well go with god <laughs> you know like right. i didn't want to mm-hmm. say no and um it was fine 
And so, yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess I will, you know, and I, I'm going to be traveling. And I think that's one of the, this is not, this was not supposed to be a fucking, I love AA um, podcast. Um, no. But, <laughs> but I'm, the thing that I'm looking forward to when I go traveling is that I can go and look up a meeting and be like, oh, hey, I'm going to go check. But this it's out. just good to explore that aspect of yeah. recovery though and yeah. i know like i said it, i know it doesn't work for some people and i have no ill will against them i have None. no ill will even if you are using the um the 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 excuse of like god and you're not feeling that like i have no ill will against you either i just feel like you're mm -hmm. not giving something a chance that could work for you if you would just put aside mm -hmm. you know and i know some people it's they hold it close to their heart and they're like no i'm not putting aside my fucking morals and i I respect, I absolutely respect that. And I'm coming from a place of respect. I'm just saying like, get your ass in here. The water's fine. Just stay away from those weirdos over there. Right. You know, I like, think it's, yeah. I think it's like, if you're hungry and I say, well, I've got this pizza and it's a combination pizza. And you go, I fucking hate black olives. And right. I'm like, well, you can pick them off. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's a great analogy <laughs> for it, dude. It's you can great pick them off. If you're it. hungry, you yeah. can have some of my pizza and you can pick off the olives. You don't have right. to eat them. No, you know what? whatever. Throw them in my fucking face. I don't. Yeah, care. right. I don't care. But as but at least you I won't mean, be hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you won't. You will not be hungry anymore. But so, then again, like we're being super. And I want to. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that because I also don't want to sound super pro AA and say this is the only way because there are other ways. There are absolutely other ways. I just don't know them because I've never tried them. <laughs> I've only tried this, and this has worked so far for six years. Mm -hmm. I haven't had a drink in six fucking years. That's crazy balls, dude. It's going to be I, seven I, this summer. You know, and it's the recovery. I live in it. So I'm like, don't think about it. And then sometimes it occurs to me and I'm like, dude, you have not been fucked up in six years. That is crazy. Like on anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I took NyQuil once because I was sick. Do you know what I'm saying? And it was the worst. Yeah. I felt like shit. Yeah. But I'm just, it's, it, it just is, I don't know, man. It's just what worked for both of us. So we got this thing, you know that we can relate to you know? i couldn't so, imagine trying it another way going you know what i'm just gonna i can't i don't think that i can toss that shit out of my brain now because it, i have seen it work continually right. for other things not well, just alcohol it's also like buying a mac as opposed to buying a fucking android you know what i mean like i only know how an iphone works i really want an android because i hate mac products they're mm -hmm. go obsolete immediately they're such assholes they mm -hmm. change the charger constantly motherfuckers but um you're in if the I ecosystem. go to an Android, yeah, dude. If I go to an Android phone or like a PC or whatever, I have to relearn that operating system. And this is AA is the operating system that worked for me. And I'm yeah. down, like I'm down. It's just gonna be a long pain in the ass process. And I am lazy and I am right. reluctant to try right. anything else. No. I'm also really, really lazy. Like I'll come up with any excuse to be like, this is what's working now. So we'll do this now. That's it. That's it. I've just, I've seen the results. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm happy with them and I continue to be happy with them. And if something didn't work well, and here's the other part of this whole program is like, doesn't work. Don't use it. And right. I found that to be helpful too. Right. You're not, oh, the only thing really, if you want to stop drinking, the only thing you're really obligated to do is not drink. That's the only way to stop drinking is to stop drinking. Now, if you want to continue that with any, you know, if I want to continue that with any sense of uh, yeah, success. You, yeah, because some people just stop drinking. They don't drink anymore. Mm -hmm. I really have met them. Yeah, And they do okay. They do. I mean, they do their, they do, you know what? They do them and I do me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if if I wanted to, I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, 
but I really mirror that sentiment you're about to make that I interrupted. Just that the, the only, <laughs> the only measure, the only way that I've had any measure of success is in doing the steps and following through with this and this, this particular program, mm -hmm. and you imagine a whole different program would, like you said, it would be so much work. And like, this continues to repeatedly work for me. So every single right. time it, it on the most minute level, like, Oh, I, I thought, I thought bad of that person. Well, wait, why did you think bad of that person? What does that, what does that say about you, John? What exactly are you really thinking? And is it something within you? And then I go, Oh, wait, you're right. That thing that I thought it doesn't even really exist. And that person doesn't right. have any pertain to my life at all. And right. that was, that was just a reflection of my own feelings about myself. Oh, okay. Good. Gone. Bam. You know, like, and it's not always that quick, but that's, that's kind of that, that way of thinking has really helped me to be less reluctant and to fall less into the resistance that is so easy. And it's helped yeah. me to, I would, I would say that this program has helped me to deal with like the fitness and the, you know, the health, physical health. Um, yeah. All these things. Yeah. I can see that you know, applying what you've learned it. in the rooms to help mm -hmm. you out with what you're doing in your life outside of the rooms. Yeah. That being said though, even if we're going arching over the program, just even reluctance to stop drinking like that. I think that's something you have to dig deep in yourself to decide whether or not this is the path. I mean, and I have to use the language of the program again, but if this is unmanageable, mm -hmm. something needs to change. I just, I like, I love that saying, man, I had it written on my dry erase board for years that nothing changes if nothing changes. Right. And I love that. So nothing will change. Like if for the positive, if nothing, if you change nothing for the positive. So even your reluctance to quit drinking, I would suggest like when I was in that position, I really had to sit down and take a hard look. I didn't get a DUI, crash my car, punch my wife. And then I'm like, I'm done after this hard night, I'm done drinking. See, media does it a real disservice mm -hmm. by showing you that you have to get to your absolute lowest degradation. Like, no, you can just be like, this isn't fucking working and it's out of hand. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't working. It's out of hand. I remember telling my story for the first time and I had to like, I don't know, man. I just felt bad that I didn't have this awful fucking story of degradation, you know? And there mm. were moments of degradation in my life, in my drinking period. Absolutely. But there wasn't like a movie where I woke up shivering outside, covered in piss, homeless, with four no. kids peeing on my head. And a, no. you know what I mean? Like a, some crazy person stealing my last tuppence for a scrub you know scrap of bread it wasn't like that like i had yeah. a little bit of privilege and lived an okay life it just was going to shit and it was getting harder and harder and i wanted to kill myself all the time but didn't have the balls to kill myself that was and it. that's that pretty, was it. that's that's that low enough it. that's pretty fucking <laughs> you know, low right like that's yeah. regardless of the external I, circumstances. I washed my hair i brushed yeah. my teeth and my body was clean for the most part except for the fact that i sweated booze you know but like yeah, Wishing pretty, I was dead every day is, it's, is low enough, right? It's pretty Internally. low, right? To say this is unmanageable, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. So I think too, that that's that, that the, the perception versus the reality is always um, something to be aware of in ourselves. Right. And, and John and I can't convince you listener to quit drinking or to quit doing drugs or whatever. We can't, can't convince you of shit. All I can do is show you that when I stopped doing that shit, I felt much better and <laughs> things got better. Things got easier mm -hmm. and other things mm -hmm. got harder, but things are always going to be hard. There's nobody guarantees. There is no guarantee that being a human being and living 
in this fucking crazy meat machine that walks around all day is going to be an easy thing even mm-hmm. for people who have privilege it's there's there are aspects of it that are hard too mm-hmm. you know? yeah and, and and pouring booze on top of it makes everything worse and it has it for certain life. people yeah, yeah in my life too yeah but for, for other for people, people hey this fucking you just pass the rona to each other and what's the name of that bar the swim up bar coconuts swim up coconuts year? do you remember coconuts like the- but it's like rona and now they're showing and we're going to go into the Roma set Rona section, but they're showing all the cases are like younger people now, like a majority of the cases are all young people who are like we're bulletproof and then the variant comes along and it's like suck my fucking dick nobody here is bulletproof. Yep. So now you got all these like 25 to 40 year olds in the hospital who thought it was going to be easy to just drink in Scottsdale for a night. No, no. Check is always do Thanksgiving in Scottsdale once. I had a I'm sorry, man. One Doing... of these fucking resorts. I think Coda lives in that area. Near there? Near and there, I, yeah. I just remember being there as a kid and my dad, like we stayed in the resort and, but we didn't do like a dinner. Like they uh, literally just ordered Domino's and we had Domino's pizza in a resort in Scottsdale. In on like, Thanksgiving? On Thanksgiving. <laughs> Yo, what was your old man doing in Arizona? I couldn't for the life of He was just like, tell hey. You. Hey boys, we're going to Scottsdale for Thanksgiving. He had a friend or a cousin or something that I have no idea, man. I don't know. I just know that we got hooked up with some like little suite, some little cottage, and I don't even know. Yo, dude, my hot take is fuck Phoenix for real. I fucking hate Phoenix. That's my hot take. Not to alienate anyone in Phoenix. If you're going through recovery in Phoenix, I'm sorry you got to be in Phoenix, but you'll be all right. But fuck Phoenix though. Spoken I'm, like a true Tucsonan, right? I've never I've I only been lower, there once. I live in lower Arizona, dude. We call us Baja, Arizona. We're all cool down here. Once you get to Phoenix, there's some cool folks there, but they got to live in Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Ew. know. It's too hot for me. This is um, too... It's like it's like L, the worst parts of LA with no beach. With no beach. Dude, these are some hot takes. 20 dude. degrees, I, got, like, I know. Someone right now is writing a fucking review and they're like, <laughs> these guys were great for years until fucking Jerry started talking shit about Phoenix. So I think that I would like to wrap this up yeah. for today. We're going to end it um, on that note, huh? Listen, no. Well, I love you, Phoenix. You people are okay. Man. <laughs> be all right. I'm I think, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I think that it's fine. The sidewalk is hot. It's the big sweaty city. Like, I mean, I don't know. I feel I have deep, deep, deep. I probably still have some resentment toward Las Vegas because I grew up there. I'm near. You there. know what I mean? Yeah. Ugh. Um, but I, I think that, you know, again, I would suggest, and what has worked for me is taking a little bit more of an analytical view at my reluctance and my resistance and like what it is that I'm trying to avoid mm-hmm. and then what it is that I'm trying to gain from that, right? Yeah. So there's this, this, and that's the, the shit that I got to do in the middle. And, um, and oftentimes we, we, we don't change anything until the pain of being stuck is greater than the pain of changing. Right. Yes, so it's like, right. yeah, yeah, dude. And we, it's, we both know this to be the true law of the universe for ourselves and recovery. Mm-hmm. Right. But still, I think it's just a human nature thing where we're like, fuck, I don't want to fucking change right now. Right. I'm in a nice groove, but this groove is getting really uncomfortable and painful. Right. Yeah. And so I, I, um, I would just suggest to anybody 
look at what it is that you're trying to gain and look at what it is that you get, do the pros and the cons of where you're at and where you want to be and what it's really going to take to get there. And I think a lot of times you'll find, Oh, it's really not that bad or, Oh, staying where I'm at is worse than Mm -hmm. moving forward, even an inch. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't have anything else pithy. I'd like to end. No, I know. I'll let you, you're never really funny, but <laughs> that's why I got you. Nah, man, you're great. Mm-hmm. I wanted to end the podcast by apologizing to you, but for making you edit three different fucking zoom meetings together. Yeah. Well, we'll, well. get, to, we'll get it together. It's fine. Um, like I said before, if it came off, if it comes off a little disjointed, that's where, that's where it went awry. But um, I will be broadcasting next time from, another place in California, which is a very weird long state. I'm going to drive for almost five hours and still not oh, be yeah, Los Angeles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I hope you guys all have a wonderful day and a great weekend. And um, please go check out uh, Rico 12. I'm on whatever the last episode was. Right. Um, Jerry, you, you've heard all this shit. You hear this every week. You don't need to listen to it if you don't want to. Okay. I might though. I got a you lot can of if you do, want. So yeah, um, I might. Yeah. But uh I want to yeah. hear the clean sobriety podcast. I'm very curious. It is. I think I said shit once and I was like, I mean shoot. And I was trying to be because Well you know, we all know recovery is a family affair. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Our music as always is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>